This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We are so excited. Today we have our wonderful California therapist, Natalia. (gasps) Natalia, please introduce yourself. We're so excited to have you. Hey guys, my name is Natalia Donna. I am a, a therapist for the therapy group. I'm excited to be here. And I'm in sunny San Diego, although not so sunny right now. You're excited to be here. And literally one minute ago, you're like, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> right, right. That too. Mixture I'm of emotions. also, you can experience two emotions. Yes. Wait, I just started asking this question to every person who comes on virtually from their house. What did you do to um, control your dog? <laughs> because that's everyone's fear, right? My dog's going to start barking. Yeah. I, I literally just looked at my husband and I was like, if he barks, I'm going to be mad uh, You'll at you. die. Right? <laughs> Take him right, out of the home. Right. Also, can we talk about how it is 7.30 in the morning you? where you are? I am so I impressed. And you look amazing. I cannot What time did you wake up this morning? I set my alarm for 6.30. I woke up at 6.30. I got to bed at right. 6.30. Wow. What's your, wait, for yeah. fun, what's your morning routine? What What are you doing in those 15 yeah. minutes? I mean, I really should be like more therapist. No, we want the real right? answer. Like, do something like self care. Instagram. I lay in bed. I look at my phone. <laughs> check an email. Not great. And then just get out of bed. Yeah. My dog is like a big part okay. of that. He hops up and to the bed. Okay, so up. that is the self care portion. There it exactly. is, right? Um, okay, we are so happy to have you today because we're going to talk about finding your own path as a people pleaser. So it was funny because when we initially were like, oh, we have to, we're so obsessed with Natalia. We love her so much. We've never met in real life. Which we, is insane. We're, we're just talking about how soon. weird is it that we haven't met in person. But very soon we're meeting in person. And it was, so you had like sort of said like, here are the things I think I could talk about. And then when we selected this one, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like, there's clearly personal experience, not just professional experience. Oh, for sure. Right. And I was like, how do I have any authority to talk about this when I am in no way a people pleaser, but we'll give her progress, right? People pleaser. I think that that we I think we we very much feel that as well. Yes. I say in recovery In recovery. I'm constantly working. I'm not recovered, but I'm in recovery of people pleasing. Yeah, we slip back every once in a while. But so let's so what if we talk about like, what is a people pleaser? What would you say a people pleaser is? I mean, I think the gist of it, right, is that you're putting your own needs on the back burner while you're putting someone else's needs in front of that, right? So like, you're constantly trying to be the person that you want that you think other people are expecting you to be. So it's just like this constant like pushback of your needs, your emotions, your wants, things like that. And and I think it's so common that we learn to do this especially as women right as women we're often taught to be nurturers caretakers and because of that we have been socialized in a lot of ways to put other people's needs before our own and And, it's it's funny because we have another episode coming out about mental load and one of the things we we gave an example of like Mm -hmm. a, a workplace office thing where 
somebody is like, oh, like your boss comes up and it's like, oh, Becky's retiring. Can you take over? And I feel like how many times do I say no to that situation, but you say yes? And how often do they actually ask the male on the team to take over Becky's retirement oh, 100%. party? Right. Right. It's sort of just like this unwritten expectation, like, oh, you're taking this on. And I think we were taught to like be nice to everyone. Right. And like being nice was always taking care of other people's needs first. Right. Making sure that they are happy, almost taking responsibility for their happiness. For sure. And I think one of the things that like obviously we can get into, right, is like this gets rewarded Mm. over time in our lives, especially as females. Right. Like as you know, a little one, and you're being the easygoing, or you're being like super kind, right? Like that is just like that cycle that gets so ingrained in us of like, keep doing the things of being that nice person or being super kind or whatever it looks like. Right. And like, that feels so good in the beginning. And then, Wait, Natalia, you, know. you only do you have brothers? Or you just have a sister? I have an older brother, four years older, and then I have a you twin, twin sister. sister. Okay. So I was actually told that messaging how easy of a child I was compared to my brother. Me too. Did you? And we all got that, right? Like, and so it's like you come into this world, especially as second borns, and like the, maybe the more difficult child is already taken or something, but also interesting, we all have older brothers. Yeah, that is I wonder what that looks like for people that have older sisters. Yeah. So when you get this messaging though, early, oh my God, you are such You're a so sweet and easy, easy it's baby. Like an, well, it's like you develop an identity around it too, right? Like I'm the easy one. And so I have to, me upholding this identity means I have to keep being easy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, it's interesting, like it wasn't with my brother, right? Like my brother was just like, you know, in his room, like doing whatever, I don't know, guys do. <laughs> and I was like this twin, right? Being like directly compared to another twin girl, right? So like there was this like weird layer too there of, you know, like she's throwing a tantrum as a toddler, right? And I'm sitting there being like, what can I do for everyone, right? Like as like a four-year-old, I imagine, wow. right? And so like it so got ingrained, like here's your direct comparison, right? She was going through some shit as a as a little one. And I was like, I'm gonna be the easygoing one. And exactly what you guys said, like it gets so rewarded, yeah. right? Um, this is who I am and this is who I'm supposed to be. And you know, this really touches on one of I think our first question. Does people pleasing generally stem from childhood? Yeah. <laughs> I read that question, I was like, doesn't yes. everything? <laughs> It's such a good question to ask a therapist because obviously yes, we are we going to it. say and it's yes. all your parents' fault. Yeah. Right? Like, so, okay, so we start. So, you're talking about this reward system. So, in childhood, it starts getting rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like it's this cycle, right, of your behavior of being easygoing or being a people pleaser is rewarded by those comments by mom or dad or parents in any way, right? So, it's this idea that like, if I keep doing this behavior, this is how I get that like love and affection or this like compliment that I'm hoping for, even if we're not like aware, right, that start that pattern starts to build for us, right. And I'm sounds like you guys can can relate to that. And we we sort of learn that like, you being easygoing, you being a people pleaser, right, later, in, later in life, is, is what you're here for. And it's going to continue to have that love shown for you or, or that's like the way that's the conditions for your love. Oh yeah. In oh, your life. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it almost gives you a false sense of control over 
this like love and affection, right? Like if I please this person, then I am going to be able to garner this like external love and connection from someone or validation, right? If I haven't been able to develop the ability to give myself the validation that I am going to make sure that this other person is happy so that I can validate myself, it almost gives us this false sense of control. We're like, sometimes no matter what you do to please someone else, they might be miserable because of their own stuff. And then you're going to be like, oh, God, like, what else can I write? It feels like you can do more and more and more to, to make them happy and to give you that validation when really it's about giving it to yourself. But I feel like one of the most painful parts of people pleasing is the resentment that you then feel in your relationships when you give it up. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. And that's exactly like what was coming up for me as you guys were talking about that, right? It's this idea that, you know, we have this control so that we're going to get that love eventually if we be, you know, kind and nice and we please everyone around us. But that's the thing, right? Everyone has their own shit to deal with, right? And so if you're being the most kind and people pleasing and attuning to everyone's feelings around you, and it's still not working to make them be nice to you or love you, right? then it's like, what am I doing this for? Right. And so like that, that painful feeling, like a lot of burnout comes up too. And this resentment starts to build, like, no matter what I do, I cannot either get the love and validation that I need, but I can also not make you happy, which really is my end goal. Right. And I think that can just so, like you said, lead to that such strong resentment. And, and eventually, right, it can like rupture the relationship in a lot of ways, too right? And it's a lot of mind reading, like your, your expectation is that they know that you're doing all of these things to make them happy in some way. And it's still not working. They have no <laughs> idea. None. Yeah. They're sitting there like, what's for And dinner? you're like, I'm trying like, so hard. Yes. And the mm -hmm. exhaustion that you feel from that. Because you're also not taking care oh, of yeah. yourself in that process, right? Like you're just focused on taking care of the other person. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like this can come up so much, like when we were talking about childhood, like this can come up so much in like adolescence too, right? Like, especially when you like want to be the cool one or you want to like fit in. Right. And it's like about that camouflaging that can happen in people pleasing too. You start to feel resentful that like you're not naturally maybe part of that crew that you want to be a part of. And that's some of that resentment too. Like, why aren't people noticing all the work that I'm doing to be this mm -hmm. person for them? Right. And like in your adolescence, being your social connection is the most important thing, right? It's like, it feels like life or death in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, oh, that's sure. a really, really good point. I love that. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not 
not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince, from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14-karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Somebody had a really good question. How the fuck do I stop? That's a good one. <laughs> All right, was so it's from childhood. Is that one of us? I understand it's behind it. Now, I, I hate these damn therapists. They always talk in circles. What the right, fuck do right, I do just now? Tell everyone wants what action. I do about it. <laughs> Here's another therapist response boundaries. <laughs> yeah. But I initially read this question. I'm like, I don't know. You are going right. to tell me because I can't stop either. Well, I think, I, but I think that speaks to how ingrained it is, right? Like, this is so automatic. We have to, like, totally change our thinking around conscious to unconscious. Because if I let my just, like, automatic response, it's always like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I say yes to that. Absolutely all things. Jen has, I think you have yeah. been the one who's taught me that we'll get back to you. It, yes oh yeah I'm really because every meeting we'd have I'd be like oh sure we'll do that and I, I literally I have to grab <laughs> Emily under the table and be like we were in a meeting too sometimes so I have to me. be like just just don't talk in this meeting most meetings I'm not allowed <laughs> to speak like literally yeah. because, because immediately she's saying yes to things and I and I have to be like no it's okay to say we will get back to you yeah there's sort of this joke in California too like yeah yeah like we should we should catch up right like you know and it's like no, I don't want to catch up with you, right? Like, it's like also coming up with those moments of those key phrases, right? Like, we'll get back to you. I always say, like, pause a moment before you say yes to, right? Like, 
starting with like text invitations, I think is huge as well, right? So like, there's that moment for you to like, not automatically respond in the moment when you're looking at someone. I think that pausing aspect is huge, like just delaying your answer so that you have a moment to like, catch your breath a little bit and say like, is this something that I want to do? Do I even have time for it? Right? Why am I like, sort of signing myself up for all of these things that really don't give me a lot of like, joy, meaning, purpose, you know? I love that pausing because because it's so ingrained in us, that pause allows us to question whether we are doing this for the other person or are we doing it because we actually want to do it. And I think that that, those signals so easily get crossed because because it's so ingrained. We're just like, okay, I said yes, but do I actually want that? I'm not even sure. Because I think you you like (laughs) learn to not even trust what you want or trust yourself at all after, you know, years and years of people pleasing? Well, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? So if we've been doing this since childhood, we we can handle the distress that comes from sitting in our own discomfort, but I can't handle the distress that comes from saying no to you. That's just like over time and exposure therapy. Like I've been, I'm comfortable in my own tolerance, but I'm not comfortable in yours. And so if it's like, all right, how the fuck do I stop? It's going to be uncomfortable as shit. Yeah. You're starting yeah. like a child and you have to grow up within it. Yeah. And I think that's the piece too, that makes this so hard, right? Like that, that feeling of disappointing someone is a feeling that us as people pleasers, it's like, I am avoiding that at all costs. Right. And so a lot of the work around all of this is like sitting in the discomfort of other people's disappointment and becoming okay with it over time. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like understanding that too. Another thing that I like always think about when I think about people pleasing and my own, you know, sort of journey with like finding my path is like, I literally had to move 3000 miles away from the people that like, I cared about the most was not conscious, right. But like, so much of my reflection about like moving to New York was like, I felt so free. And so I don't know, like such an individual for the first time, because I I didn't have like a three hour time difference Mm. and I couldn't constantly get that like validation of like, you're doing the thing you're supposed Mm. to do. Right. So like I had to get used to just doing what I wanted. Right. And not doing it to please someone else. Wait, so did you lose your fucking mind when you first moved to New York? (laughs) I literally sat, I moved there for college. I'm, I sat, I remember sitting in my dorm. First of all, I didn't unpack my things. (gasps) I looked at my parents. I'm like, you should unpack them because I am not staying here. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And then additionally too, like the first, I remember the first year of me being there. I remember just thinking like, what did I do? I want to go back to be with my sister. I like, it was horrible, right? Like, cause it was like, it was so uncomfortable for me to not have people around me that were like, good job. You know, like, yep attuned to their feelings and do what they want to do like go to the social events that like maybe your sister wanted to go to like that was so unnatural for me so yes I absolutely hated it and I was like why am I living in Queens I also thought I was gonna live in the city like (laughs) and I can I can imagine that as a twin like it it probably makes it so much more challenging yeah and that's I think that was a piece of like reflection for me of like my twin sisters is still to this day, like my best friend. Right. But and it doesn't take away any of that. But I also have to be able to like stand on my own two feet a little bit. Right. Too. She probably was so burnt out from 
me never like knowing or deciding things either right like growing up I remember her like getting frustrated and being like it's your birthday too right like what do you want to do and I'd be like no 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 like what do you want to do right or like not saying anything I don't care I don't care I don't care you know and so it's this like direct best friend sister person in your life that like you are so attuned to and just being like that people pleaser was so cozy for me Mm -hmm. like I in no way, shape, or form wanted to change yeah. that. There's such all. a safety in it too, right? Like that and pulling yourself out of that safety net can be really terrifying. And you know, it touches on our next question because I think that this this is something that I think a lot of people pleasers struggle with when they are pulling themselves out of this. As a people pleaser, how do I know what I really want? Yeah. And I I think everyone's going to yeah. hate this yeah. response, but it's like starting to really like get to know your know there, yourself, there grow yourself, is. right? But also, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you, thank you um, for doing that. It's, Appreciate it, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also about right, like starting to like reflect on things a bit too. Like I say this with boundaries as well. Like we're never going to really know like when we need to set a boundary until we start to like reflect on how situations and people are making us feel, right? So. It's that same idea with like starting to like know what you really want as well. It's like, oh, did I walk away from that situation feeling really like energized and great? Or did I walk away from that situation feeling like all of my stuff, you know, just was like put on the back burner and it's exhausting for me. Did that deplete me or did that energize me? So it's about like reflecting on how people, situations, you know, experiences are really making you Mm -hmm. feel and how you feel as a foreign language. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Right. And so it's it's also about like not hearing, I think, personally, I think it's also about like not hearing how the experience was for others around you and giving that moment of like, oh, let me check with myself first before I sort of take in how the other person I care about experienced mm, that situation oh, yeah. too. I always think about that scene from Runaway Bride where, did you, did you ever see this yes. movie where like Julia Roberts, she only eats the type of eggs that she, of course, she's engaged to and then she is finally single and she sits down with every different type of egg to decide what type of egg she actually likes. And I really yeah. think that that is like a very important scene to see is that like sometimes you have to like start back at the beginning, explore it all and like do process of elimination. And you know what? You know what I love too. thinking about because I think when we're children, right, when we're really young, we are just like doing whatever comes naturally to us. It just, you know, we're dancing, we're singing like nothing is holding us back. (laughs) And I think that there's can be some benefit to going back to the point and be like, what did I gravitate towards back then? Because I've lost it all within these like Mm. social constructs Mm -hmm. that are holding me prisoner. (laughs) Yeah, we do it so early yes. too. Like even when we're talking about eggs, right? Like you probably started eating the eggs that your parents right. liked, right? They just cook, right? right? Like, and you know what I mean. And so it's about like re-experiencing some of those things. I always think about it with music. Music's like, I mean, it was a big thing for me in college, which is like such a time in my life that I like really found myself in a lot of ways. I like adapted so much to like the music that I thought I should like, right? Because of this person around me or this person around me right and I did it with music too it's like you know I could listen to music and just create my own opinion right rather than the opinion of everyone else around me and so I think that point around like it's just about like taking yourself back and like re-experiencing some things Mm -hmm. too is this actually 
something that I like doing. Yeah. And I think notice like noticing your thoughts internally when you are separate from people to think about, am I enjoying this or am I enjoying this? Because I think that other people also enjoy it. Right. Like, I think that that gets very mushy. And that was like me and going to concerts, like EDM concerts. And, <laughs> and you're like, am and I, I actually, like, I actually hate this? this. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot sure. of people around me. Too many people. Everyone's moving. I'm very confused. You know what? Did the beat drop? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it looks like everyone else thinks. I, the beat. Yeah. I don't what do know. I do with my hands? And I like attended all of them, and I wore the things, and right. I did the things. But like, I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. Did you have a pair of furry boots? Oh, no, I, I was not that serious. Did. But did you? Oh, oh my God! No, my sister. Oh, did your know. sister? She'd hate, she's gonna hate me for saying that, but yeah, she definitely. Had the we might food. we might need pics after this, but okay. Um, also, <laughs> I also wonder, like, that had to make her so hot, right? Just legitimately, like, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I think she borrowed them because I think they were like probably yeah, expensive, right? But like, I just remember thinking like all the little outfits too. My sister was big into like EDM. I remember thinking like, is that comfy? Right. Like. You're around so many people and you're also wearing furry. But I feel like, right, so that there's a part for them that's like, that's like community, right? So like, I do think like, it feels so comfortable. It feels community. And that's so great for the people that that works for. And it was Uh just never me, but I wanted so badly because I have always been searching for some type of community. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest 
longest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water-activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. This is why I feel like I can really understand why people enter into cults. I get it. Mm-hmm. We were just watching a cult <laughs> we were just documentary. Watching a cult documentary. But also, I, I, I get that. it, right? Because it's also like, man, you get a lot of reinforcement. If I get that positive feedback of doing what these other people are doing and staying in line and following the leader, fuck, it feels so good. And I have connection, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like as human beings, we're constantly searching for connection. And so if you think about it, like for you to say, I'm going to change my people pleasing is a threat to that connection, right? Like there's a huge fear behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do something different. And what does that mean for the people around me? And then, yeah. yeah. I think it also like, and not to compare cults to sororities (laughs) or like fraternities. I think that's fair. We were both in sororities (laughs) too. We agree. We were both in sororities and we agree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My sister was, I wasn't, but I remember thinking like I was like such in that phase, like especially when I moved to New York and started to like it, that like I'm not doing anything that I don't like doing. Like I like sort of like rebelled in the opposite direction. And like I remember going to like the like, you know, I think it's called like brushing. You guys should know like the brushing events. Yeah. And it was like a sundress party. I remember I was like, first of all, I barely wear dresses. Like why why are you telling us what to wear and I showed up in high top converse before they were cool and I remember thinking like they're definitely going to say something they said something they were like why did you wear those with your sundress I'm like this looks cool this is cool now right Uh that's how we know it looks cool (laughs) Gen Z made it cool so we know it's definitely you started the trend yeah yeah 100% and I remember thinking like you know it's that same idea that threatens I remember like totally having the like hangover thoughts too of like did did me not joining the sorority really ruin my chances of connection here like what is this actually going to mean because I saw my sister like living it up in college right and like having this like great crew of people in her sorority you know but it's it's that same idea it it threatens doing something just for you completely threatens a people pleaser's idea of like what does this mean for my life and the people I surround myself with my fun my social life like all the things you know what's sort of interesting is it's also like i've never thought about it until you started talking about this way but there's also a rigidity of thought if i say no i'm fucked if i if i mess Uh up this one opportunity if i do this one thing that i have set myself on this catastrophic adventure and i'm gonna be by myself for the rest of time right which is like what a rigid and limiting belief 
that I do think is behind this as well. I only have one shot here, so I cannot possibly run up as if there's not a million clubs to join in college or a million other things to do. But I remember that, like, I can remember going through the sorority process. I didn't get, I got dropped from all the sororities. I did not get into a single sorority. Um, And I was like, I have to leave. No one will ever want me. And then like on bid day, they call a bunch of people basically because they fucked a bunch of shit up and they like, oh, we'll just pull up these girls we dropped. Which like mm-hmm. was clearly me, and I'm sure it was about weight, because um, then they told me to lose 20 pounds when I got into this room. I cannot. So a really healthy it. situation. Really, I can turn myself uh, into yeah, me. right. Yeah. You really chose I the right. I want to go. <laughs> and I was like, I'm yeah, in. I'll do it. I'll take <laughs> me in. Yeah, yeah. I'll do exactly what yeah. you tell me. Thank you for enforcing <laughs> my eating disorder more. Yeah. Really worked out great. You want to pay for my therapy <laughs> right. bill later? Right. You I send your nationals. The yes. whole grad school, your whole grad school bill. I think. Yeah, my whole grad school. Bill. I, I said I had to become a therapist. Really became a therapist. Up. Okay. But made me think about FOMO. You know, mm-hmm. like how like FOMO is such a big thing that we have this huge fear of like, I don't want to do this thing. And so if I make this choice for myself, I'm going to see that everyone is having such a good time and feel so bad about it, even though I didn't want to do this to yeah. begin with. And I wouldn't be, and if I was there, yeah. I wouldn't be feeling it. Right. I would be like wanting to go home the whole time. A hundred percent. You'd be looking at the clock, you know, when you're like out, I don't know if this is just an introverted thing, but when you're out and you're just like, uh, you like hit a wall and you're just like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm, I am done. <laughs> I go, I go right yeah. home. I Irish exit. I get the fuck out of there. I don't even, I don't wait a minute longer when I get to the point where I'm done. Yeah that became my like signature move yeah. in college. I, I keep like, I'm like reliving my yeah, college yeah. experience right now, but it, cause it was like, I finally had the like, Oh, yes. I can leave. Like how yes. great. Right. But like before I would have definitely stayed like two hours mm. later. Right? That's a big one. I think to be able to say like, I oh, am yeah. done now and I'm going to take myself home. And you know, you always have the friends that are like, stay, like, why don't you stay? Mm-hmm. You always go home early. So you got to fight up against that. Do you not experience? Em doesn't experience this because she loves being out for the rest. And also, the everyone's friend. scared of me. So you no are one's going to tell no. <laughs> I'm like, the one who's stay. like, stay. But also, everyone's scared of me. So right. no one's going to say anything to me. Right. They're like, okay, bye. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just run out of but there. Don't you think, too, like, Irish exiting is also, like, a workaround to being a yes, no, you're because you're not no, saying I'm not telling yes, anyone I'm absolutely <laughs> so I don't have to deal I don't have to reinforce my boundaries and in the morning twice. everyone's like where'd you go you're like I don't know I was so drunk really you just like went home you yeah. made a decision like, I made I got it. a yeah, bag of chips yeah, and I like went the the that was it. right it was great <laughs> okay well this is so this really goes into how do I make decisions based on myself and not fear other people's reactions I mean this is a very simple answer and I think people are gonna again hate it like just start doing it right like what but what I would say is like start small so like you know I don't know what's small now that I'm thinking what do you want to eat right or like an example from my own experience is like I I still do this definitely still do this but I'll like text my sister like is this cute right like an outfit that I'm wearing right but it's it's small things just like as small as that right so like ordering what you want to order what at the restaurant or what you think everyone around you thinks you should order at the restaurant Mm. like I was definitely that was definitely a piece of it for me picking out clothes and not getting anyone else's opinion when you pick it out right I don't know picking your own nail color right and like I do that at the salon all the time like that Allie my sister is this cute 
she's like, I don't know, pick your own nail color, right? So it's like, it's small things like that of just like not taking in that external feedback, I think is a big piece of it. And then starting to like work your way up to those bigger things. I also think there's something there's something to doing things by yourself too, right? Like experiencing things by yourself, like go to the movies by yourself, go shopping by yourself, go work at a coffee shop by yourself, right? Like there's something to just living with strangers around you, if that makes sense. Yeah, because then then you don't have an option for that external feedback. Mm-hmm. I think the outfit thing is big. I say that there are times where I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of my outfit and send it and see. And then I'm like, no. You don't send me, do you send me your outfit like three times a week, Jen. You would think I, I'm trying to send it to you more, but I stop myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it might be every I day. Like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't wake my sister up at seven in the morning to tell her, like, is this cute? Because I know she has the same shirt. So I, I Honestly, <laughs> I was looking. There's like a, a you were trying to do reels, which is, you know, the bane of our existence. Oh. Yeah, but I was looking. There's one like real trend that's going on where you like you do. I think I sent this to you where you you like highlight text messages. Oh, so yeah. I was looking back through Emily and I's text messages. They are all sending outfits to each other. <laughs> Every <laughs> single one is just us sending. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> but part of this because yeah. we match. So Don't you do you ever? Yeah, ask yeah, we're your worried sister, about matching. You, how many of the same clothes do you own as your sister? Don't you? Yeah, yeah don't you have to make shirt. sure you don't yeah. wear end up wearing right. the same? Has ever happened? Both I feel like wear that's black a twin over thing. and over again. I would so be lying to you if I was worried about that. Because if I was wearing the same thing as her, I'd be like, "Cool, I know it's cool." Because yeah, she's cool. <laughs> she's cool. She's cool. Okay. Now I have to see her. Okay. Now we need more. Yeah. Okay. How to deal with feelings of selfish when you finally start pleasing yourself instead of others? Sit in that discomfort. Like, and I think it's also about like telling yourself a different story. Like you are not selfish for making decisions that are good for you. Just because someone else is unhappy about your decision does not equal I'm I'm a bad and selfish person, right? So it's like, number one, starting to tell yourself a different story, right? Like I would go to a reframe there and be like, I'm not selfish. I'm taking care of myself, right? Like something as simple as that. But I also think it's about like what we talked about earlier, like sit in that discomfort a bit. Someone else is pissed at you, right? Like acknowledge that. Say like, this does not feel great. My stomach just dropped from this guilt of being selfish, right? And and follow through is a big piece of it too. Like still do that thing if, if you can, right? And I think that's an important piece too. Like you're not going to be perfect at this, right? Like right off the bat, I for sure wasn't. I'm still so far from that. (laughs) But it's about like just sitting in that discomfort for a bit and then still following through with your action of like what you set out to do. Like I'm not going to do that thing with you because I don't want Mm. to and it's not important to me. And just getting cozy in that selfish feeling. Yeah, it's good. Getting cozy in it. Not even just tolerating it, but getting cozy in it. I really like that. And I think the thing we forget is that, like, when we start doing this in our relationships, the other person who is used to you being a people pleaser might have a reaction to it because they're so used to you doing whatever they want. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think it's a, it's everything. It's any positive, it's any 
change, right? But positive change, we don't normally associate with bad reactions from someone else, but they most always come with bad reactions, right? Because it breaks the cycle, it breaks how you were relating before this, right? And any change is going to bring like an adjustment period and probably some negative reactions, most Mm -hmm. likely. And I think it's just about like acknowledging that. And I think it's also a little bit around like preparing yourself for that too, right? Like they may not love this, and they still need yes. to do it. Right. Like it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong because they're having this negative reaction to it. It's just uncomfortable for them. For sure. It's about like not personalizing yes. it, right? Like that is not yes. about me. That reaction is so far about me. It's so to do with them and like what's going on. For we, had okay. say, we, had to, we had to say that to each other about our landlord recently. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he's he had, had a, the hugest reaction. He and he's done this before. And we we're like, oh Was it about the squirrel? So, <laughs> that squirrel. First of all. Steve the squirrel. Well, there was one about the squirrel. There was one about when our heat broke in freaking January in Pennsylvania. It's, it's cold. Right, he had this huge reaction. And then this time, I think he caught himself first. Because we because like gotten a little tip. We got like time. a tip over the one in January. And then this time, because we said like what we're asking for is not unreasonable. And like you're a landlord like, and like the there's expectations. Yeah. So then this time he like had a reaction and then he was like, this isn't about you guys. And I was like, there it is. There like, it is. We were like, yeah, that, sir. You, sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. you just hate your fucking job now. Right. I don't know. Okay. Wait, we have, we got to get yeah. one more question I'm before sorry. calling BS. Okay. Go. I know, but Natalia is so amazing. We don't have her for I forever. Know. Just want to okay. hang out with her. I want to hear the answer to this one. How do you get past the feeling of letting people down? Cause I think this is what keeps a lot of people from changing. <sighs> Gosh. I mean, I don't know if you do, which I think is the hard answer to that, right? Like, you definitely don't in the beginning of saying to yourself, like, through this process of taking care of myself and finding myself and really learning what I want, like, I may let some people down. And so I think it's also about finding acceptance in that too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I may have to let some people down. I may have to let my parents down. I may have to let my partner down. I may have to let my friends down. And that's okay. Like I have to like accept that and and say to myself like this is a pro- this is a part of the process. And I also think like it it also helps to be like down the line this will help the relationship if it's a healthy one, right? So it's about saying to yourself like they may only be let down in the moment, but I guarantee I'm gonna be a less resentful, happier, all the good things version of myself once I actually start listening to myself here, right? And if that relationship is healthy enough to stick around for that, it will be a better relationship, Mm. right? So it's like, I may let them down in the short term, but I'm going to be such a better person to be around in the long term. Mm. A little people pleasing Mm. in there as well. (laughs) But I like that. Work with it. Oh, that's great. Okay. So as you know, with all guests we have on, we have them do a segment Mm -hmm. called Calling Bullshit, Calling Some BS in Your Field, Any Myths You Want to Dispel. Will you call some BS for us? Yeah. I was talking to Jen and Nikki about this, right, as I was kind of preparing for it. And I was like, you know what's bullshit is that people pleasing is always bad. I think like people pleasing such like a buzzword now, like for valid reason, but I don't think it's always bad, right? Like I am probably a good therapist or I hope I'm a good therapist because of the people pleasing that comes naturally Mm. to me, right? So like there is a really, I talk a lot about balance with my clients around like 
what is the balance between attuning to other people's feelings and also attuning to your own needs and feelings, right? So it's about recognizing that like this tendency for me is not bad, right? Like just because I'm a people pleaser doesn't mean like I just like don't know who I am at all. It may, right, manifest itself in that way. But it's not bad, right? Like you are so in in tune with other people's emotions, needs, feelings, right? It's just about being able to take that information in for a moment, sit with it and say like, well, well, where's my piece of all of this? Where do I fit into all of this? And then starting to make your decision. But I don't think that naturally being a people pleaser is necessarily a bad thing, right? Because that means you're really naturally able to take in other people's mm. emotions needs and things like that it's just about the decision that you make with that Ooh, that's wow fabulous that. that is good natalia where can people find you work with you hear more about you therapy with natalia on instagram you can find me there and then additionally therapy group uh contact form fill it out natalia donna in california i do couples work individual work florida too Florida too. Florida. Yeah, California yeah. and Florida. Durr. Durr. Yeah. <laughs> You're also licensed in Florida. <laughs> I always forget about that. Yeah. I recently had like a, you know, a contact form and I scheduled the time. I felt so bad. Oh. And it's like, I'm like, it is three hours ahead. Like, I don't know not... I am very impressed that with you do it. how you manage that. It's the chart. It's the chart. It's the chart. It's a great chart. <laughs> Natalia, we cannot thank yes. you enough for being here today. You sure as hell pleased us. That's what you need to know. You, you have people pleased you well. <laughs> and you didn't break out in a rash. You like did, you yes. thought that would great. maybe happen. First time, a uh, high neck. <laughs> yeah, I wore a high neck because if not, you guys would have all seen a giant red rash like they did during my interview with them. <laughs> Still got the job. I walked out. I looked at the still, bathroom. Still like, got still it. Got the job. Really, she was amazing, but I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, is she all right? <laughs> so thank you for coming on today. Hey, if thank you, you enjoyed this episode today, we always ask you to send it to a friend. Rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can now uh, rate and review on Spotify as well. Um, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch our mini sods on YouTube as well. Uh, follow us at Straight Chicks at Therapy Group because you might want to work with one of our amazing clinicians in California, Florida, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, or Delaware. We are so happy you're listening to Shrinks. We love you. We can't wait to talk to you next week. And don't ever forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next time. Bye.